4: Boom, what up, America? It is the Doug Gottlieb Show. But yeah, you got Torres in me as we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there at unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Aaron Torres, how are you on this Midway Wednesday? I'm very well, Dan. Uh, this is actually the first time
5: I have hosted with another human being in these new Fox All Sports right. Radio. Stations. I mean, the, not not on the news desk where Desager graces my presence every Saturday, uh, but first time I'm hosting with another co-host.
4: Today. We've got uh, Kevin Wired at the news desk. He's going to bring us a game in about 45 minutes. John Ramos and Jason Stewart are here as well. And in 60 minutes from now, the staple of the Doug Gottlieb show on every Wednesday is the Midway. Uh, today's topic. Worst champions ever. That's coming up in 57 minutes now by my watch. Worst or most boring? Uh, Least injured. Most boring. Oh, okay. They're the most boring, and that's why they're the worst. <laughs> yes. that's, what the worst to that's what I was getting The worst to actually
5: sit through. That's
4: what I was getting to. I Hey, if you thought that that was a bad delivery by me, uh, here's PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan. Earlier today on Golf Channel, we're going to start this baby off awkward, okay? In awkward as as awkward as you could get in an interview, because we are still talking live golf. You're going to hear from Rory McIlroy. You're going to hear his response, but Jay Monahan, who I think is uh, the champion of hypocrites right now, I think in the world that we all think. This was Jay Monahan earlier today talking with George Safarikas on the Golf Channel, and uh, Safarikas asked the commish this question.
6: Jay, the 9-11 Families United made a strong statement yesterday. They said you co-opted the 9-11 community in taking a moral stance against Liv. How would you respond to that group? Well, I um, I read Terry's comments. Uh, I I, you know, obviously acknowledge her loss and completely understand her position. And to the question that you were just asking, you know, I wish, I think about the fact that I allowed confidentiality to prevail here. And in allowing confidentiality to prevail, I did not communicate to very important constituents including the families of 9/11 and I regret that uh, I, I, I really do um, but as we sit here today you know I, I think I think it's important to you know to reiterate that um, I feel like the move that we've made, and, and how we move forward is in the best interest of our sport we've eliminated those fractures um, but for for any uh, any difficulties I've caused on that front again I have to own that as well and that comes back to communication
4: now the only thing I want to just point out in all of this and is because as you heard me say it was it was awkward it was extremely awkward there is getting the deal done Aaron and then there is the fact of knowing that you're going to have to answer questions. This is the first question. This is the absolute first question that you know that you would have to field from members of the press or whenever you were to meet um, an interviewer or a questionnaire or a reporter. This was going to be one of the first. And to have that sort of sort of answer just shows it in a way on how unreal the situation is that Jay Monaghan is not even ready to answer that question. There, First of all, there are no words that I, I think that you could really say. I don't think that there's anything that he could say to any of the 9-11 families out there that would make this better or make this uh, somehow um, able to be uh, taken better. But the fact that you stumble through it and then don't really have an answer and your biggest regret is that you didn't let them know before it became public – just kind of it, it. it's such a reflection on Monaghan on how he's out of touch with everything that's going on and that the only thing that mattered that was the deal so we start out with just some awkwardness but I think we start to peel the layers back because it's a story Aaron that is so much not about golf and that's why I still think it's in the in the mainstream of our minds today
5: First off, that, that sound, um, it reminds me of, you know what it reminds me of, is Nate Oates being asked about Brandon Miller during basketball season. Remember, <laughs> every single time, and and I know Doug has a great relationship with, with Coach Oates, I know him a little bit myself, but like every time that he took the podium, it wasn't even, that like it was just there are media relations people that should be preparing you when you know you have a tough press conference where tough questions are coming, and to your point – That's probably, I don't know if it's the first question that you should expect to get, but you should expect to get it after leveraging these 9-11 victims in your fight against Liv for so many months. So that was my first reaction is just how is nobody at the PGA or whoever works in that communications department having him ready for that? Um, But then this is just one of many layers, which to your point, speaks to why so many people remain interested in this live golf conversation today because it's not really about golf but it's about all of the societal all the all those kind of factors that come with it
4: there are things that are are starting to pop up in the in the golf circles of what a new PGA Tour would look like but that's not what we're talking about here that's not what uh, when Brandon D, uh, Bryson Chambeau goes on um, you mentioned Brandon Miller when Bryson DeChambeau goes on CNN and talks with Caitlin Collins about live golf and the uh, PIF ending up basically purchasing the PGA Tour and and the DP World Tour they're not saying how many teams are going to be in this new league how are yeah. you expected to get back it's not about that sort of conversation and this is it is such a real life thing uh 11 uh, obviously just so huge and prevalent but you know what else is 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 huge is when a guy lies and Someone goes back on their word and you have a scapegoat in Rory McIlroy, who's been the face of all of this. That's the point, the lying, the cheating, the deception, the secrets. That's all of an HBO drama that you Mm -hmm. would have. And that's why this story is so interesting. I think in the world of sports, nobody wants to talk about how's this going to affect the majors? How is this going to, what's the new tour schedule? (laughs) None of that is going on. It's for a year, the PGA tour, the faces of it spewed this and it's not nonsense but you know spewed their information their angle on why the PGA Tour was so important and then in a matter of hours it seems as this was just put together by Monaghan and and a few select others that knew about this the whole changing of the world of golf is about to change but it's the lying it's the secrets it's the deceit that make this such an appealing story and then now you have someone like Rory McIlroy who we will hear for uh, from in a second kind of being the the scapegoat of it, I was interested to hear what Rory had to say about it because if anybody's going to be scorned, whether I'm anti-Liv or for PGA Tour, the one that should most be angry about this is Rory McIlroy, and finally hearing from him today I think reveals a little bit more of how the golf world is going to take this, but the golf world is not the reason why we're still talking about this today. It's cheating, it's lying, it's secretiveness, and – um That's why we're still so involved in this live PGA Tour situation.
5: And it's the societal thing. It is the conversation about where the money's coming from. Do you agree? Would you have taken it? Uh, You and I were talking a little bit before we went on air is that it's it's a conversation that everybody can wrap their arms around. And oh, by the way, now there's a new layer to it, which is Rory, the current players. I saw Colin Morikawa's tweet that he basically found out on social media like everybody else. I think there's a real life element of it as well of, you know, you have to be careful who you trust, your company, and, and you know, I'm not trying to speak for us, but but your boss might not care about you. Your boss is only going to look at the bottom line. Your bo- You know, and, and so I think there's so many, and I think Rory is such an interesting character because he thought he was doing the noble thing. He was, in his mind, doing the noble thing, the right thing, speaking out, defending the brand. You know, we talk about the shield in the NFL. This was the equivalent of – fighting for the shield in golf and two, three, six months later, after all of this is unfolded, you know, he's the guy that realizes the PGA tour doesn't care about him. Jay Monahan doesn't care about him. Um, and he was basically going to bat for, for no
4: real reason. The fact that you had this messaging come from the PGA tour and it was so anti live and anti um, from the PIF that it's, it's disheartening to hear how quickly it changed, and that's the like that's the most shocking part of it. Is you are being sold this bill of goods from Jay Monahan, and then in a you know a matter of a night, it seems like it's turned around completely in, in a 180. This was Rory McIlroy earlier today in talking about his feelings towards live golf and the in the new PGA Tour that's ahead.
6: I still hit live. Like I hate live, like I, I hope it goes away and I would fully expect
2: that it does. And I think that's where the distinction here is. This is the PJ Tour, the DP World Tour
7: and the PIF, very different from live. All I've da- tried to do is protect what the PGA Tour is and what the PGA Tour stands for. And I think it will continue to, to do that. Whether you like it or not, the PIF, we're going to keep spending money in golf. At least the PGA Tour now controls how that money is spent. If you're thinking about some, you know, one of the biggest sovereign wealth funds in the world, would you rather have them as a partner or, the, or an enemy? At the end of the day, money talks, and you'd rather have them as a partner.
4: And that—that's your point, right? Like, yep. it, in terms of it, it I'll actually—I'll I'll just let you say it. That—that's how you kind of feel about how this plays out. That if that's the best deal out there, it should be—that's the one they should have done.
5: Well, I—I I think like any great conversation that we have on these airwaves there's many layers to it I guess where I am a little bit confused is that I've seen people that I respect in our business smart people say well Jay Monahan he's got to go Jay, I mean this is the war you know he you know he de- he deceived his entire constituency and I guess just I look at it from the perspective of I, d- I didn't know much about him before yesterday I think he was deceitful Um, I can see where a Rory McIlroy, a Colin Morikawa, a Tiger Woods would be frustrated and angry at him. But I also think the job of a commissioner, the job of a league president, whomever it may be, is to do what is best for everybody and to make the most money you can for your constituents. And, you know, we talk about all the time, you know, there's some things that Roger Goodell has done um, that probably he wishes he could do over if he had the chance to do it over but he makes those owners a crap ton of money. The players are getting, uh, you know, uh, uh, more money than they ever have. Contracts are bigger than they ever have. And so that's how you judge a commissioner. And so Jay Monahan's job is to get the most money possible in the pockets of golfers. And whether it was the threat of Liv actually raising, uh, you know, purses and prize money or or now the funding from the Saudis, uh, um, you know, the, the funding from the Saudis on what will be the future of the PGA Tour. Jay Monahan's kind of doing what he's supposed to be doing, is he not? And, and by the way, you're the golf guy. I'm deferring to you on this. Well, I asking. don't
4: even think it's a golf question. That I'll say this: I don't think that it's a golf question. I think if there was some company in Germany that ended up trying to fund a rival tour that competed against the PGA Tour, that the PGA Tour would have been against that company as well. Gotcha. I almost, I almost think that it's that that allowed the, the PGA tour. It was a convenient convenient excuse for the tour to point to morals sure. uh, with the PIF and the Saudi government. It was convenient for them when they're only worried about their bottom line, mm-hmm. which is, I think, the point that you're trying to make. And the point that I look at with Jay Monahan and the reason why he's being called an absolute hypocrite and in the player meeting yesterday was being told to resign or called for resign, and when someone mentioned that he should step down, there was a standing ovation reportedly. All of that is happening because Jay Monahan had been telling his people, his team, his players, that they are not to go to live. Stand up for the PGA Tour. Don't take the upfront money. And that's why Ricky Fowler, Robert Lucetich said it on the program yesterday, offered $75 million to jump to live. Didn't do it because he wanted to support the tour. Because Jay Monahan is like, hey, stay here. Don't take that money. Hideki Matsuyama turned down hundreds of millions of dollars to oh. do so. And that's the part of where, where I think this – this comes to with the players is i had an opportunity to leave but i didn't i, I was oh, yeah. loyal to my tour and now you're saying all right we're going to go to them well i should have just of course, joined them in the no. you know the first place
5: of course but again again i i hate to say it but there is uh i don't know we, we got some other stuff to potentially get to well there, there's no
4: there's there, there's there's a lot going on with this but if you That's the part where – that's why it makes it so real is you just screwed over Ricky Fowler. You just screwed over Hideki Matsuyama. You just screwed over uh, Rory McIlroy. You screwed over these guys that you said were on your side and now you've jumped to the other team. And um, because there were lines that were drawn – and, and I do think that it was convenient for the PGA Tour to make those comments about 9-11. I, Brandel Chamblee has gotten a lot of flack over the last 24 hours, and oh my God, goodness, what's Brandel Chamblee going to do? I believe he and others do feel that it is morally irresponsible to do business with the PIF, and I have no problem with that opinion Whatsoever, I just never thought that that was the PGA Tour stance. The PGA Tour stance tried to use the families of 9/11 to say, "Look at our side." When the only thing that they were worried about was the bottom line, and that was revealed when they made this deal yesterday. And there, there are a lot of people that have different reasons. I just like the PGA Tour. Sure. I like the. I, I mentioned the Quad Cities, uh, the tour stop of the John Deere Classic doesn't get the strongest field. But you know what? That event is a part of the community. It's a part of every summer. Kids can you know go to the Quad Cities, watch the John Deere Classic. What's going to happen now in this new live, or excuse me, this new PIF PGA Tour world, where stops like that are no longer available? That's what I love about the PGA Tour. I grew up in a state where there was a PGA Tour event um, up until about you know the mid 2000s in Milwaukee went away. You know, no sponsorship, couldn't do it. I felt that there was a a gap in the sports world, so I kind of feel like those things. So when the PGA, PGA Tour ends up having to compete with Liv, I'm wondering about those communities that hold events. That's what holds dear to me. Everybody's got their own reasons. Monahan's problem, though, is that he tried to use other things to show why they should stay and then completely flip the script on everybody, you know. In the, in, in, in the darkness, if you will, because it seemingly happened overnight.
5: I just hate to say this is corporate America. And, you know, I'm not saying it's right. I am saying this happens in every walk of life. Every, uh, every person hopefully doesn't have to deal with it. But I know that most people have is that, yes, the boss is going to look you in the eye and tell you. And I'm not speaking for every boss, every person, every this, every that. But I'm saying as a metaphor for life. Um, you can be a great employee, but your employer is not always going to have your personal, individual best interests. And I just think this is the most public, one of the best examples
4: we've seen in a long time. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hit Aaron up on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox.
7: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: Doug Gottlieb's show on Fox Sports Radio. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Bayer. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code Gottlieb for a special offer when you sign up. That's code Gottlieb only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Game three tonight, no Tyler Hero. Nuggets in heat. Scene shifting to Miami with the series tied up at a game apiece. Live is still on our mind. There's also some NFL news to get to. John Middlecoff. Uh, former NFL scout, host of the Three and Out podcast, also does the Go Low Golf podcast as well uh joining us on the program now i guess we're going to talk some nfl in a little bit but we'll start out with live now that we are 24 hours a little more than 24 hours in uh to this new world order in the world of golf is your opinion changed at all john on how things sorted out is jay monahan still a hypocrite uh, are you softened on any of those stances how do you feel now that the uh, pif and the pga tour are partners
7: yeah what's up fellas you, you know I think the more you think about it golf couldn't go on forever as it was. I mean LIV could have cuz they had unlimited funding even though no one was really watching but the tour was they had to up the purses to keep everyone around and up the money to take care of their guys but this is this is not the NFL. They don't have the funding and they're going to their you know kind of stalwart sponsors and this is well reported over the last six months, trying to get them, you know, all these tournaments to double their investment of what they've had over previous years. And some of the you know, it's not like they're getting double the eyeballs on the tournaments. So I, I think desperate's probably the wrong way to put it, but I I do think big picture, golf's not big enough to have, you know you're only gonna have ten to fifteen players that really, really matter, and honestly probably six or seven. And with Cam Smith and definitely Brooks Kepka and even Dustin Johnson has built up so much equity not being around beside the four majors with the tour has nothing to do with, there were gonna eventually be some financial problems. And I think right now, you know, we're kind of in some weird economic times. Team you know, these these sponsors aren't just unloading the checkbook that you know, I think they turned to a place where they also could kind of get their guys back. Because live's dead. Um, it'll play out this year, but it's they're not going to have two tours, right? I mean, the PIF and the Saudis funding this, they want it because they, they have two things the Saudis have no access to. Obviously, network television uh, because of the relationships with the PGA Tour and golf courses. Like, part of the sport of golf, like, you have to get on the right golf courses. Well, all the sweet country clubs that host majors, And anything with the PGA Tour, or just don't host anything because they have such a financial stronghold in terms they don't need anybody, are all say no. And then the awesome public courses, right, TPC Sawgrass, TPC Scottsdale, they're a no-go. And then the other ones that around the country already are in business with the PGA Tour. So this was their way into those tournaments and those courses. So to me, like live... It's not like they're going to split it up. I I just think that Liv will be dead after this year and everyone kind of gets back together. Uh, It's understandable, even though the way they got there was pretty shocking. Not The Saudis clearly, you know, this was kind of a hostile takeover in in their own way, and and they got it done. I I think the PGA Tour fought them off as long as possible. We can argue, you know, Jay Monahan, is he more Adam Silver type because he's he's probably not really like a David Stern or Roger Goodell killer uh, this feels a little bit desperate, and he did what a desperate man does and took care of himself along the way.
5: So, John, you were actually going to lead right – you just led right into my next question because I've seen a lot of, you know, Jay Monahan's got to go today, and I get if you're Roy McElroy, you're mad, or Colin Morikawa, or Tiger Woods, or whatever, but – isn't the ultimate job of the commissioner to create as much revenue and commerce as possible for his constituents. Isn't it it was weird. And the comments today were weird, but didn't Jay Monahan do kind of what the commissioner of a sport is supposed to do with this deal.
7: Yeah. I think when you look at his comments last year at nine 11, which obviously is the thing that's come up the last couple of days like, how could you say that? He even basically admitted like I, I was I, I used something that I probably shouldn't have. I, I was desperate, even whether I believed it or not, that this was always a possibility, and I was just you know trying to fight them off. But I hear you. That that is his number one job. I also think his listen. I, I think there are a lot of polarizing takes on him specifically. Uh, I think he went a little mob style. He just became a made man with the most important people because they have all the money, right? Without him, the Saudis don't get in the PGA tour, which is what they wanted the whole time. So, this notion like, oh, he's got to resign. Well, if the PIP doesn't want him to resign, he's not going anywhere, right? I mean, where are the players now going to go? There's no competing tour, they're all under one umbrella. He. The other thing is that they forever golf, you know, I. I'm 38 years old. I know, like, back in the day, some of the other sports were non-profits, and then they got so big, baseball, basketball, football, definitely I think football and baseball were non-profits, and then they clearly changed. Uh, golf still is a non-profit, and one thing they announced is that's no longer happening, or they're going to split it because part of it, like, they can fudge the uh, the sweet retirement plans. But I think with when you're a non-profit, you can't put these, they couldn't pay the players to show up. They couldn't pay these guys to be in salaries. Once they start this LLC, they can just put Rory McIlroy, John Rom, Scotty Scheffler, they can pay them like they're Aaron Judge, right, or Steph Curry. They can just put them on salary. And the lower players can be like role players, football, basketball, or baseball, right? You have a hierarchy of your top players, and you're not the top players. And they can funnel them money, which I think big picture, and he, I watched some of his comments today on the golf channel, they're clearly going to make some of these guys whole because, I mean, John Rahm said last year, I think at like the U.S. Open or at St. Andrews, they turned down like $500 million. Hideki being, you know, one him and Otani, the two most famous Japanese athletes right now, Masters champion was reported. He turned down very similar amount of money. So some of these guys, you know, bypassed, especially now if you can just come back, I, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a tough couple of weeks for Jay Monahan to manage all these egos.
4: I got one more live for you, and then if Aaron wants to switch gears to the NFL, we can. Um, John Middlecoff joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer. Do you think that this was the Saudis' plan all along? That that like, you know. I, yeah, I don't know this. if
7: they drew it out like in a map to get to like they knew this was the way it was going to happen, but I think that. My educated guess, I mean, obviously I don't know anyone in that operation, would be that they knew that if they just started funding something big and stole some of the top dogs, like ultimately Ian Poulter and Sergio Garcia, whatever. But I would say Phil, DJ, uh, obviously Kepka, and then when they stole Cam Smith, who, as he's in the process of competing to win the Open head-to-head with Rory, essentially, Cannot answer questions whether he was going to leave because he was clearly leaving. That rattled everybody. And with their financial ability, right, like part of what makes the NFL pretty unique, unlike like baseball, for example, is everyone has money because the media deals, like the Bengals can pay just as much money as the 49ers, right, for a free agent or for their own guys or for Joe Burrow or whoever. Where in golf, like the PGA Tour, because of their setup of the nonprofit, and then you factor in, Live doesn't have to follow that, and has no worries about losing money. It, it was it just got weird fast. Now people stopped, you know, the, going over there over the last whatever six months. But once Kepka won that major again, you just saw like go- golf is not big enough to have multiple tours, even if they only got five or six guys that are really important. And part of those two ga- those guys that were important is they were kind of villains. Right, I mean, one my knocks on the NBA is like everyone's too friendly. When I grew up in the NBA in the 90s, people hated each other, and it was great for business. You know, in the NFL, you still the rivalries, even though these guys know each other, still feels real, and that that matters. In golf, like Bryson DeChambeau, people hate him. Patrick Reed, people can't stand the guy. Like that helps to have that guy around. You can't you can't love everybody. And the PJ Tour right now is just full of really good guys. So I, I think getting those guys back. Not just they're good major champions and really good players, but like kind of the balance out of the good guys, the bad guys. I think it's an incredible storyline moving forward if all these guys are playing together instead of now four times a year, right? Even if it's just eight or nine. I mean that's 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 a big, big difference, which I clearly they sold out to do.
5: So, John, I do want to switch gears to football. I know you're really plugged in with the 49ers, and, and I find them so fascinating because a Super Bowl-caliber roster essentially at every spot other than the quarterback position, and, and I'm just curious, I mean, is there any intel coming out over you know whether it's Brock Purdy's elbow, Sam Darnold, Trey Lance? I mean, do we have like the most important position for maybe the most talented team in the NFC, certainly outside of the Eagles, Feels to me like a complete mystery as we're about, what, five weeks, six weeks away from training camp opening. Do you have any intel on where the 49ers are at, where they might be going, and how confident they are in that quarterback room?
7: Yeah, I would say what makes them pretty unique is that, you know, if Patrick Mahomes, there was a question mark with his health, or Josh Allen, you'd be like, that's a major problem. The 49ers have, you know, made, what, three NFC Championship games in four years in the Super Bowl and were leading in it, not last year, but two years ago against the Rams late in the fourth quarter, with Jimmy Garoppolo, who even at his best is probably like the 13th or 14th best quarterback in the NFL. So they have, Lucky's probably the wrong way to put it because they drafted well, they traded for Trent Williams, and their coach is you know a high-end difference maker because he's also the play caller, are uniquely set up for this situation. Now, when Purdy came in, Purdy's stretch, now short-lived, right, six or seven games, and then he ended up getting having the major elbow injury, which all signs point to him being healthy. It's been reported like he's going to be back as long as there's no setbacks, and so far it's been really good. He was dramatically better than Jimmy Garoppolo in terms of explosive passing game. We know they can run the ball, and, you know, the short passing game, the quick screens and wheel routes they run to running backs, like any quarterback can uh, operate, well, Zach Wilson, guys like that can't, but a lot of them can. So if you can push the ball down the field, which Purdy can, the Niners became one of the most explosive offenses in the league. Now, until the guy is cleared and can play, you never truly know. But I, I think they're pretty bullish on Sam Darnold, which I know people are like. Oh my God, Sam! Darnold. He he he's not forty years old. He's twenty-five. He came in the league really young. And this is why people were so bullish on Trey Lance a couple years ago, because you're like, God, this is an incredible place to be drafted to. All these weapons, the head coach, Trent Williams, a defense, and he just he just lacks some accuracy issues. Now Sam has some issues too, but he has a ton. Trey's never played. He's got like five games the last three and a half years. Sam's got 55 career starts, and last year when the Panthers felt semi-normal, played really good. And it's not just it's not my take. It's the, I know internally the 49ers. Are high on the guy so I would expect you know that they have a backup quarterback controversy is the wrong word but a competition is the correct word and I think Sam Donald beats out Trey Lance
4: John Middlecoff former NFL scouts host of the three and out podcast and also the go low golf podcast on the volume John we appreciate it enjoy the rest of the week talk to you soon
7: yeah you too see you guys Get him on Twitter
4: at John Middlecoff. Let's jump to the news desk. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer. in for Doug Gottlieb, problem with Josh Allen being on the cover of Madden 24, Aaron Torres?
5: You know, Josh Allen's like an incredibly gifted player, but
4: like from a cool factor, I don't know. I feel like they could have gone a lot of different directions. That's all. I am not high on the Bills this year. I'm not either. I'm not either. And I'm also not high on the Eagles. And I thought you could have gone Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen, and then it would have fit the curse- oh path. okay yeah, yeah that way they went allen we'll see if it plays out in buffalo that's a good
5: i, I need to hear during the break why you're not high on the eagles because i don't i know. may even tell
4: you on the air right oh. here on
5: fox sports radio
4: he's hey, Aaron too. torres i'm dan Byers sitting in for doug gottlieb
7: be sure to catch the live edition of the doug gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m eastern noon pacific
3: Terms and conditions apply.
4: Doug Gollum Show on Fox Sports Radio. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Bayer, and I just learned something amazing, yes. Hmm. I, I just ahead. did. At the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you earned doubled. Seriously, see terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com match. I just learned that, Aaron Torres. It's great. Sounds good to me. I think. also just learned that Kevin Wyatt has a game for us. Game time! This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Hello, Kevin. Hey, what's up, guys? What's, what's up, up, Kev? What, uh, what what do you got for us today? John, what game do we have? What are the chances?
5: Hmm. So, what are the chances James Harden stays in Philadelphia?
4: I'm going to say this. I'm going to say 5%. Wow. I am, yes. And the 5% is only because of Daryl Morey. I believe that James Harden wants to go back to Houston and he wants to be a rocket again. He wants to right his wrongs and just be loved in that city by that organization. So the news today that he's torn between the two, I actually think is good news for Philadelphia Because I felt that he's probably gone back to Houston, but I'm still going to say 5% that he stays in the city of brotherly love.
5: I was going to put it like 51-49 either way. But I have no strong opinion. I I don't really get why he would go to Houston, but he's James Harden, so I guess I do get it. So I don't think he's he's really about winning. I think to your point he'd go to a place that he's loved. So now I would probably put it stay in Philly like – 30%. 30%. I, I I can live with that.
4: What else you got, Kev? What are the chances DeAndre Hopkins signs with the Titans? This is weird. He's going to work out with them. In the quarterbacks that he listed, he did not mention uh, Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis, uh, Will Levis, uh, any uh, – none of those. Imagine if he did. I want to play Kerry with Will Collins, Levis. Yeah. Yeah, and Kerry Collins <laughs> – Uh, The late, great Steve McNair never mentioned any of those (laughs) Titans quarterbacks. And I would think that Tennessee would be like the last place that you would want to go. I honestly didn't know if he was just going to visit all 31 teams (laughs) and figured I'd just start near the bottom and go with the Titans. Not that the Titans are the worst team in the league, but the Titans – I don't think are going to be a very good team this year, and I just don't see why DeAndre Hopkins would fit in Tennessee. I'm going to say 2%.
5: Yeah, well, enlisting all those great quarterbacks, Mahomes, Lamar, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Herbert says, I want a quarterback that loves the game of football. Like I said, nobody screams loves the game of football like Will Levis. I – 8%. It doesn't it just doesn't make sense. It, for all the reasons you laid out, there's really nothing else to add. It just doesn't make sense.
4: If when you're in the milk territory of 2% and 1%, uh there's not a good chance of that happening. 50-50, maybe that's a that's a one-time deal. But yeah, he's not going to go to Tennessee. Yeah. I I
5: I don't know. It's just bizarre as you said. So, go ahead, Kev. What are the chances that Lionel Messi joining Inter Miami will take soccer to the next level of relevance in this country. Let me take this one. You know, we have a documentary on the 99 Women's World Cup on right now, which was awesome. I remember it. It was great. I I do remember the 94 World Cup as well. Speaking of the 94 World Cup, that was the first time that I heard, oh, soccer, it's on the come up here in the U.S. Get ready. It's coming. Well, I'm at the bus stop. I'm still waiting. It's 2023. That Ooh. was 94. So I will say... Uh, 0% because it's no different than the 94 World Cup, the 99 Women's World Cup, David Beckham playing in the MLS, the MLS starting. I'm sorry. I'm out on pretending that soccer is ever going to be a thing in the U.S.
4: I, I think like it is apples. a thing. I just don't think it's in your avenues. Just like like anime. That stuff is so foreign to me. I have no idea about any of it. But it's huge. And I think that the MLS is, while it's not the NFL – and it's not the NBA uh, has its own sort of um, yeah. it, it has its own sort of audience that you just may, may not be tapped into. Well, to answer Kevin's question, I'll just quick say I'm going to say zero percent because I think the MLS is past this point of having aging stars come in and try to draw attention. The, they're what they need is stars in their prime coming over here and and playing on these clubs, not. When they're in their 30s or near the end of their their playing days. That's what the MLS needs. So I'm going to say uh, 0%, as crazy as that sounds. Go ahead.
5: Well, that's – no, no, no. That's what I think is that, like, it still feels like a gimmick. And yes, there is an audience that watches the MLS. There's an audience that watches darts on TV. Now, it's not as big as the MLS audience, but the MLS audience isn't as big as football. I guess we kind of have to define what, you know, on the come up, has arrived, whatever is, because is it bigger than it was 25 years ago? Yes. Do I consider it mainstream in any way? Maybe I'm being naive. Maybe I'm being, you know, the angry old guy. It doesn't feel mainstream in any way, shape, or form. Does he
4: sound angry and old, Kevin? Kevin, do I a little
5: bit? Uh, Just a tad. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I I thought so. I thought so as well. I remember Alexi Lawless running around in the Rose Bowl, and oh my God, soccer's coming. Soccer's coming. Well, I don't know. I mean, look at the youth participation, though, in youth soccer. In your face. He threw out the youth participation numbers. In your face. Uh, Little league numbers, football numbers are down. I don't think uh, we're shutting down the NFL anytime soon. all All right, that's game time. That's game,
7: huh? Game time. This hey. is game time oh, on
2: the well,
4: Doug to the blows show. there. You you know, know, why well, are you Torres? Start throwing out participation. When you throw out AYSO, look out. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Meyer. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes funding easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Coming up next on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio, your most boring champion ever. It's our topic on the midway, and it's next here on Fox Sports Radio.